are live, folks. Welcome to another episode of Space, Time, and Energy. This is your girl, Jay Marie. And I'm Chantal Adana, ready for another interesting, intricate conversation. The last few days for all of us losing one of the most iconic people that we've ever had the pleasure of experiencing in our lives, DMX, passed a few days ago. I just kind of wanted to kick the episode off with talking about something that's important, serious in our community that we should be recognizing, signs in our family members, and making sure that we aren't allowing certain people to be around our children that could get them wrapped up in a situation that can lead to addiction or substance abuse. And that was DMX's situation. He was placed in that situation and it wasn't by choice. Millions of people suffer from it, from it being a friend, giving them something without them knowing or egging people on and the influence behind it can seem so subtle in the beginning and it really can unravel your life. This is something that we have seen happen to such a beautiful soul. And I just wanted to say rest in peace to DMX. You are definitely going to be missed and your music is going to live forever. We all know that. Even the messages that he portrayed. So me, myself, I've had three uncles pass from substance abuse as well as a cousin of mine. Two of them actually that have passed from substance abuse and drug addiction, alcoholism. If you are struggling with any type of substance abuse or you are looking to get help, please, there are options and help out here for you. And if you do want to start that journey today or whenever you are ready, because you have to be ready for it, the phone number to the SAM has, I think SAMHSA, I believe that's what the national Mm-hmm. is that that phone number is 1-800-662-4357. So again, if you are looking for help or you know someone who needs help, give that number a call and they will walk you through the steps to help them change their lives. I think that's very important. It's not something that can be overlooked. It was just very sad when I heard it. And I know it's always sad when we lose someone. It's always sad when we lose a great to something like a drug addiction because their influence that they have not only in music, but on a personal level and just with the people that they encounter on a daily basis, whether that be family and friends or that be a a fan or that be a stranger, somebody homeless, whatever it is, it really gets to me when, especially for the minority communities, because I, I I didn't watch the video just to go back to like how DMX specifically got addicted, but I did see the headline essentially. He was around people around 14 and basically the blunt that he smoked was laced with crack and that's where it started. We could take this back all the way to how the crack epidemic in itself has destroyed, demolished, and really devoured the Black community to some sense, to some extent, specifically in America. I have a couple of aunts who were directly affected by that because during the crack epidemic, that is what people were hooked on. So that's what they would literally do anything for. Their father was a professor at Howard University 
And basically somebody came in there trying to get a fix, wanted what was in the register and basically shot him with a shotgun. And he was a very calm person. He didn't like, he wasn't confrontational. He was trying to talk him out of it. Um, And you know, when your mind isn't right, you're not really hearing what anybody's saying. It's just, this is what I need. And I'm literally going to do anything to get it and shot and killed him. And I know that there are just a plethora of stories of that, of people being exposed to it, even when it was here, you know, the making of it. And when I thought about, and when I heard, cause I really was praying, even though he was in critical condition, I'm like, I still had hope. I'm like, he could, he could make it through. And when I heard that we lost him, I was, I was just very sad. And because I knew and could tell from how he was and everything that he did from music to movies that he had a good heart. He just was who he was. There was this thing that, which was, you know, his addiction that um, continued to pull him down this hole. So it was like he lit, he was living like two different, different lives, the lives of a normal life with, you know, his kids and family and friends. And then there's this life where you were kind of pulled into at such a young age and it's literally become part of your identity but you also know that it isn't the right thing and you need to get away from it and just I can't even imagine I mean addiction can be with anything but specifically with drugs it's like I can't even imagine unknowingly and indirectly getting hooked onto something that can take control of your life like that to the point where you don't have the power to say no. That is very, very scary and it's very disheartening. And I know when people think of drug addicts and, you know, people who are addicted to different substances and things of that nature, we have, or most people have this kind of stigma or stereotype, even this kind of judgment over them. And although... I think judgment is a natural thing for humans. We do have to remember that however they got hooked on whatever they're hooked on, right now they're not in control. And that's the scary part. And that's something that we need to acknowledge. And we do need to speak up a lot more, I think, when things are not how they should be with the people around you. If you see someone that is doing something that you know they should not be doing, I don't think that you should encourage those habits, especially if you care about them, no matter how much they fuss, no matter how much, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, F you, cuss you out, whatever, but at least make that boundary that with your, around you for your conscious, that you did everything that you could to make sure that they were headed in the opposite direction of destroying their life. Because you cannot make somebody do something they don't want to do at the end of the day. You do have to want it. But even wanting it so bad, there's still literally like a need for them to be on it. So that's tough. And I'll never understand that. I'll never understand that. And that's what's so heartbreaking to me is because I don't believe it's not, it's that he didn't want to be clean. I believe it's that maybe he literally couldn't but it's yeah. definitely worth worth speaking about something that's really been on my mind for a while this is really just a vulnerable moment for me i actually struggle with addiction too my family is addiction prone while mine is not a drug of choice it's not like a drug or alcohol it's food mm-hmm. and people may hear that and think oh that's not a big deal. When you're living that life, like, you know, it's not the right thing for you to do. I've been doing research on this for a while now um, with my doctors and just trying to find the solution because this is a new age 
where food addiction is actually a thing, where sugar right. are actually as potent as crack cocaine. This is something I've been struggling with. It's important for me to acknowledge it mm-hmm. so that I can continue with my process of healing. Right. It is so easy to say, you can just walk away. You can just stop doing this. You can just make a schedule. You can just write down your meal. You can just create a list. You can do this. You can do that. It's so easy from the outside to say, but like you said, people will look at me and look at my weight and be like, oh, like she's just lazy or greedy, whatever you want to think the standard things that come with what you see on the outside. But on the inside, you know, I'm, I know that these things are a problem. I know that I have to do X, Y, and Z. These are the steps, but my physical reaction to it, that physical need, that pull, mm-hmm. if you don't understand that pull, you, you just won't get it because it's like, you have to do it. Your body physically gets up and just does it. It's so easy on the outside to judge somebody who is addicted. Nobody chooses to be addicted. Right. Nobody just wakes up and says, I'm going to be addicted to crack. I'm going to be addicted to heroin. I'm going to be addicted to food. Yeah. It's more so, oh, let me try this. Or this isn't working. It's not strong enough. Let me try this. But nobody wakes up and says, okay, this is what I want to control. Exactly. It's a. It's literally a chemical reaction. And if right. you are actually interested in really trying to help people save their lives or really trying to help people see get to the other side because it's not that you can't you're not going to be able to show them the other side but it's the assistance the stability of family the the strength in numbers that does make the process just that much easier it may be a little it may be a lot it depends on the person I just wanted to be vulnerable about that as well, because that is a, an epidemic right now going on in our community as well. And there are actually places where you can get help if you do have food addiction. I am working on the challenge myself. As of now, I'm a work in progress. And uh, I just want to, you know, acknowledge the human aspect of it. There's always been things that have been strategically placed in our communities to diminish them. And even down to getting help, even those programs tend to let our communities down. I was reading an essay on how when people you typically go into the treatment centers, even though minorities make up 40% of the population, they have a less likely chance of completing the program. And that's typically because of socioeconomical issues. It, that's, again, you know, why I'm bringing up just community and just being there for people. Because a lot of times people go in, they go in not by choice, and then they come out and they're coming back out to people who don't care about them, a terrible family life. And yes, you can say that a lot of times these people do create those barriers as well, because there's only so much that other people can take. What I'm just asking is just to be compassionate. Know that you don't know the full story. You may think what you see you can explain, but you can't until you've been in it. I agree. No, thank you for sharing that. Seriously, that's not something to overshadow or overlook. Like we really go through things daily and we don't know what another one's walk of life is because we are not in their shoes. And so, like you said, just it's just a continuous reminder to lead with love as best as you can. Try to lead with compassion, try to have an open mind and open heart 
no matter what the situation, who the person is, because you really just do not know what people are going through, what they're battling, what they're thinking. You just don't know. And so there's nothing wrong with having that and extending that grace and mercy because not just because you would want it, but just because that's the right thing to do. We as human beings on this earth, I don't care what status you are, I don't care what color you are, you are not superior than any other human being even man, you know, mammal, anything, anything living on this earth, you're not superior than that. So just having that overarching feeling um, and action of respect is super important. We are actually going to be talking about the Derek Jackson situation. It's kind of cold tea. I still want to talk about addiction, uh, but I want to talk about addiction when it comes to trauma and when it comes to accepting things from other people over and over again, like why we do these things. So right. if you don't know who Derek Jackson is, he is a social media influencer who is a relationship guru. He makes tons of videos online where he is preaching to specifically Black women about the signs that they should look for in men when, you know, he's not caring for you and, or he's not doing enough for you. And basically, really honestly, he says a lot to downgrade the Black man. Mm. And when I first heard of this story, I had a completely different feeling than what I have now obviously because I've been doing serious, like honest research, like looking up things, reading about why people do the kind of things that he does. So anyway, the gist of it, I'm not going to tell the whole story because I'm telling you we're going to be here all day if I do. <laughs> but basically what happened was is Derek Jackson, we've never known that he was actually married. And he's been doing this for the past seven, eight years where he's been making these videos online, millions of followers, um, thousands of subscribers. And so recently it all came out that he was married and he's had multiple mistresses during the time frame that he's been married. And even prior to him being married with this same woman, Denea, her name is Denea. And so a lot of people have issues with the situation for obvious reasons. Like, sir, you're married and you have all these other women on the side. And then on top of that, you're preaching to us that we shouldn't, we should look for all the signs that you gave your wife. That's very contradictory. And, you know, he made this weird video where he was talking about himself in third person and just did a bunch of other narcissistic things after they sat down and made this weird little video between the two of them. I don't know what they were thinking, but they made this video. But it was just very strange. The body language was strange. How they were yeah. reacting, interacting with each other was very, very, very strange. And so it really got me thinking, like, why is this woman putting up with so much? Because from what we understood, from what she said, from what he said, from what even the mistresses are counting, she has been putting up with this since they've been off and on together for the last like 10, 12 years, something like that. And she's just been constantly putting up with the abuse. I don't know if he's physically abused her, but one of the mistresses did accuse him mm -hmm. of being physically abusive. And that's another thing that he's talked about very openly, not himself. You know, I really wanted to have compassion for Denea because I just feel like there has to be something in her mind that's chemically changed her to believe that she has to put up with the situation because of God or because she feels like they're married now. So that's what she has to do. But 
Yeah. He's been doing that before they were even married. I'm not saying that relationships can't bounce back when traumatic things happen or a partner is inconsistent with their vows. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like for her, it's more of a a cry for real help. You are going back constantly to a relationship that you know is ripping you to shreds. Your motherhood, your womanhood, constantly being embarrassed, constantly having to be looking over your shoulder to see if your husband is sleeping with somebody else. And then he can just openly tell the world and he's still okay with that. To the point where he even made the video in third person to take the accountability from himself because that's really what he was doing. So why are people uh, so addicted to trauma? Why do we have this this safety net that we feel like is with our abusers or with situations that feel comfortable? I could say a couple of things, but I think that the main thing and specifically with trauma, I want to tread lightly because I have never experienced it to the point where it's abusive physically. Um, And I know that there are different levels. What I will say is that I think that the foundation and the basic elements and factors of addiction are the same all across the board. Mm -hmm. So just when we were talking about drug addiction and food addiction, and there's even clout addiction and wanting to be seen, having to overcompensate for whatever it is. Addiction to trauma is one of those things where maybe you were born into it, maybe you weren't. Maybe that's something that you always saw maybe that wasn't something that you saw going into a situation and then it turned into that but you weren't focused on what you were seeing you were focused on what you were being told initially and so that's what kept you around and then you kept you're kept around for a certain amount of time and now you have kids and now it's bigger than you because you brought another life into it or um you know other factors are are implemented and to be honest I again I don't think it's one of those things where she woke up and said okay I want to be addicted to a traumatic situation so where I'm supposed to be this godly and holy woman in front of everybody but behind closed doors I am depressed I'm working through my anxiety or you know my anxiety is out the roof I'm dealing with a whole bunch of things internally mentally and emotionally and my husband is out there preaching to be an act as if he is something that he is not. And I'm reaping the consequences of everything that he's being praised for publicly. But there has to be a point where you value yourself in your entirety more than you you value or have presented to value certain situations or a situation with a certain person. Because in the long run, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the situation. It doesn't serve the kids. If they have kids, it doesn't serve um, the people who they're supposed to be leading or the people who are supposed to be following them as a unit or individually. It doesn't serve the universe. <laughs> it doesn't serve anyone at that point. So I don't know the why, but I do know that when you get to a point, whether you're a man or a female, that you can't take anymore. And it's to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore you don't even know what your core values are what your core um platform is you know like your foundation you have to take a step back because what at this point there's been one lie told after the other and we've just been continuously feeding these web of lies 
And now at the end of the day, we're left with everything to answer for our entire life to face everything that we, all the decisions that we made based off of and banking on what a human being said, you know, who was deceitful in the first place. And I think when you add the element of religion, things get tricky as well. Specifically for Black women, I think, you know, we're raised to be nurturers and treat and do this and pour and pour and pour into whoever for whatever. And then it's also co-signed with because you're a godly woman, because, you know, um, um, God has anointed you to do this X, Y, and Z, but you can't sit here and tell me that God anointed me to be cheated on repeatedly and for me to continuously go back to that situation Mm -hmm. although I've prayed although we've gone to counseling although we've had multiple conversations although we've done everything humanly possible and spiritually possible you know that that's what he wants for me or that's what he wants for her you can't tell me that and then when you're not met halfway with the person no matter what the situation is what it looks like there has to be a pause and a halt on some end um to reevaluate reassess and realign and refocus So I don't know the why, but I do know that the how is once you get to that point and the point is different for everyone. So I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what it looks like for her or will look like for her. But when she gets to that point, really face herself and um, she'll have she'll have to figure it out within herself because there were things that she went against within her own gut, within her own being Mm -hmm. to appease and please everyone else around her. And that is the nature and story of the woman, period, specifically in minority communities, but Black women as well, Um, too often, too often. Absolutely. I think for me, just, you know, as an outsider looking in, I have to say that I understand both of their journeys. And the reason why is because I don't know what led Derek to be how he is. I don't know what, maybe he was trying to warn people of who he saw in himself and he was subconsciously afraid to face that person that really is and I feel like often we glorify these people who give advice or who you know make videos or um, give words of encouragement to the community we idolize them and place them on such a high platform that we forget that they're actually human, that they actually have experiences that many of us will never experience in life. There are so many things that humans go through. It's impossible to go through everything. And so, yes, it's it's a terrible situation. She doesn't deserve that. She shouldn't have had to go through that. She shouldn't be going through it. But at the same time, we have to stop glorifying everybody and thinking that social media is a life tell-all is an open storybook for people because that's not what it it's not what it is people show you probably a, not even a fraction barely a fraction of their lives on social media and we take that and run with it every single time every time and then we get disappointed and that's where we are right now in the community we've we've talked about this before how we act on emotion we don't think rationally about a situation we'll just quickly post a comment that may make sense in that moment but when you really think about it does it have any substance to it right does your thought process And I think Denea, like you said, she has to come to that point where she's tired and where she's ready to stop being a battered woman. Because honestly, just because Derek's going through what he's going through doesn't mean that she 
doesn't have a choice to walk away and make a decision to make her life better or to patch herself up without him trying to do it for her. Yeah. A friend of mine, he recently revealed to me that he was being um he was being unfaithful in his relationship Mm -hmm. and me being his friend my immediate answer to him as far as what he should do is to let her go right and the reasoning behind that is because I could see just from their conversation that she was so hell-bent on trying to make it work she was so hell-bent on trying to change him trying to fix him trying to give him everything that he needed in order for him to feel secure and the truth in the matter is he has to go find Find that for herself right. and not with you being present and saying this is what you need to do you need to do this this and this so that we can look like this as a unit in the end she's already had that wound open and being scratched on and being ripped apart and he's dealing he's dealing with other things and while his cheating is not personal to her his healing needs to be and so does hers and I feel like the narrative that they're trying to push is that through God and through the word that couples can truly get through anything. And I think there's two parts to this. One, we need to start, if you do believe that, we need to start being more intentional about marriage. That's correct. (laughs) About dating. Yeah, about dating. About dating, about pursuing somebody, period. Because Mm -hmm. if you, if you, what you cannot do, and like, this is what Michael Todd has like taught me through his relationship. I love him, I love him. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Michael Ty. We trans the transformation church. They're amazing. But um, if you are not able to, because here's here's what we do is like we start something that is not blessed by God, but we start something that we feel as though we're moving based on our emotions. Um, and what we feel in that moment. So you pursue something based off of maybe it's superficial, maybe it's, maybe it's artificial, maybe it's those temporary emotions, whatever, right? You pursue a person, you go after them, you guys start dating. In that dating, you're still kind of, oh, are we exclusive? Are we this? You know, there's still so many questions and uncertainty because you didn't go in with the true intention. You didn't go in with the true agenda. You didn't go in even knowing who you were. So now you're trying to figure out who you are as well as trying to figure out who they are. And it doesn't work because you cannot come half um, half full. You need to come whole yourself. And this is what people do not do in relationships. So then we get to the point where it is time for marriage or it's about that time where, you know, it's come across your mind, it's come in conversations, let's get married. So we get married, but it's based off of what principles, it's based off of what foundation, is based off of you having that initial feeling. But what did you guys actually go through and commit to and solidify individually before even together? So we have all these questions about what we look like as a unit and how we should be as a unit, but what do you look like individually? So then when it comes to, oh, it's marriage and it's infidelity because I'm still feeding those insecurities and those uh, ways about me that I kind of pushed off to the side because in that moment, I felt as though you were the one and not saying that person wasn't, but you didn't do the work that you were supposed to do individually and because you did not you have now brought this broken unit to the altar and now you want God to bless it and now you're saying oh with God we'll be able to do everything but you didn't bring him initially when you were pursuing this person you didn't consult him there you just did what you wanted 
and so it's like what you know so and here's the thing and this is not to say that god will not bless something or that person is not for you but you can't half-ass god you can't half-ass relationships you can't half-ass marriage um and that intention and that seriousness behind marriage does have to be there now, sometimes, you know, people aren't even for marriage and marriage is not for everybody. And again, this goes back to knowing yourself and knowing who you are. Do not do things because it looks appeasing to the eye because this is what we're supposed to do. No, what we're supposed to do is figure out who we are. And in that, if finding out who we are, we find that person, our person, then that's amazing. In that, if we're able to actually, you know, find our person on top of knowing who we are, that's phenomenal in that if we just find out who we are that is like the most rewarding thing in itself because when I tell you there's literally a such a small percentage of the population on the earth on earth who will actually find themselves and be in tune with themselves and know what they want their desires their dislikes and just be so in one accord it's so low because we're just pushed to do and be for everyone and everything else. So yeah, take marriage seriously. Take dating seriously. It's so important. It's it's too important because when you unify in that way, there's so many other things that come with it. It really is different than just being boyfriend and girlfriend, just like yeah. eating. So it's important to set true boundaries at the very beginning and yeah. when you see those signs don't say oh putting a ring on it is gonna make those problems go away exactly just because you patch the damn hole doesn't mean the hole is not still there like the, the it still happened and so what you need to do you might need to get a new wall or something like i don't know there, there are other options that you need to take and that's not to say that you need to be 100% perfect because I feel like the narrative that he pushed was that men should be 100% perfect. And this is why I say that he was speaking from a place where he was warning people about himself because everybody doesn't think the way that he says. And he would put men in certain situations that would manipulate people to think that's how men think. Right. So because you're a poor representation. Like exactly. Because he thinks, and that's a, like, we need to start being more accountable for ourselves and not just taking what people says, say, and just being like, well, he said this, so that's how it is. No, maybe you need to change the group of people that you're hanging around. Right. Maybe you need to fix something within you that will stop you, that will stop you from gravitating towards certain people that he may be talking about. Exactly. But we must understand that the, who he is talking about is a very small percentage of people that exist. Exactly. And so for you to push that narrative on our community that our men act like that, what does what is that doing for us? Exactly. That's pushing a bigger narrative if we yeah. really bring it to people. <laughs> yeah. And we have to stop feeding that energy. Like, I'm not saying that the, the information that he gave was all bad because he, he did shed light on some things. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things that it, I always tell my friends this people, when they post things, when they, when they post things about themselves, when they post comments, when they're arguing with you, people will say things that in the moment sound smart yeah. without any basis of research, yeah. any basis <laughs> of proof. Yeah. They just say it because it sounds good in the moment, because it sounds like a good argument. But when you really peel back the layers and you really do the research behind it and you really think about where you are and who you know around you 
and the truth about human minds yeah things look differently yep. when you're, when you're coming from a place of knowledge basically right so many people will speak on ignorance and I feel like Derek Jackson like he would come up with these amazing quotes within himself because he is he is giving us what he is feeling inside mm-hmm. and we have to understand that that's not every that's not everybody so Anyway, um, I think it's very dangerous when you do play with religion and you try to make that your safety net and say, oh, well, God says that we should do this, this, and this, but where's the respect? Where's the respect for yourself, for your children, for your lineage, for your family? Even though, you know, I told my friend, I understand, you know, you're going through things, she's going through things, but I feel like she needs time to figure out why she is so okay with what you're doing. Yeah. And you need time to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Right. And I think that's fair. I think that often, you know, yes, cheating is terrible. Like people should not do that. We shouldn't, but people do it. And there's a reason why people do it. Insecurities, like you were saying. And it's so important to take that time to figure out if you really want to be in a relationship, if marriage is for you, if family, all this whole lifestyle is actually for you. Because often we go into certain lifestyles thinking, well, this is the best way to go because so, so and so is doing it or because we got pregnant, which in their situation is what happened. She got pregnant and what's he going to do is going to do the right thing so he thinks right like I don't you hear that all the time I did the right thing like so you married her yeah and you I don't know if that was the right thing like maybe it was okay for you guys to just go your separate ways and co-parent and figure out that system because you know again having that intention and that actual truth and belief um behind marriage is like why would you subject your entire life to somebody in a situation when that's really not where you're going to uh, put your best foot forward, that's not where you're going to show up as your best self. You want to show up as your your best self um, incrementally and in pieces with any and everybody um, else around you. So again, it goes back to really knowing who you are, knowing how you are and knowing you know how you think, what influences your actions, things of that nature, and really being honest with yourself and transparent because Although it may have hurt her, even when she was pregnant, hearing that I'm pretty sure more damage has been done by you making the decision to get up at the altar, marry her. And now you're claiming to be a man of God, but out here, you got your business all in the street with any and everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't correlate. Yeah, I don't. Absolutely. I agree. (laughs) And I think in the future, you know, they have a book that's called Heal Together Without Hurting Each Other. Hmm. I have not read the book, but I actually want to read it just to get an insight of what it is that they believe they're healing together. Yeah. Because I think it's very interesting. Like, just as people, you don't know why people do things that they do. And I think for Denea, she's really in a lost position where she thinks she's doing the right thing to stay by her husband's side and be that woman, that strong Black woman that everybody is preaching for us to be. And really on the inside, just even looking at her Instagram posts, like you can tell when people are crying out for help and she really really is like if I feel like she has no guidance I'm wondering where her family is like where and that's typically what 
mass manipulators, um, what they do, that's, that, that's it. They remove you from your family or they make you believe that they are the ones that you should only be around mm-hmm. and they got your back no matter what. And that's another issue. Exactly. Though. Seeing mm-hmm. that trauma on both sides. So it's yeah. not just what she's subjecting herself to, but also what, he's in that, what he was indirectly or directly subjected to. And so now you're the manipulator and you're the abuser. Like there's trauma on that side too. And we spoke about that briefly too. I think that's like a completely different episode, but mm-hmm. we spoke about that briefly of how, you know, even in domestic situations with women and men, we often downplay the trauma that has happened on the male side, not excusing the actions at all, but there has been some serious damage done mentally and emotionally for them to act like that. You cannot tell me that there hasn't been, you know, whether that's nurture or nature. Yeah, exactly. And, And also just know that just because you do recognize that doesn't mean that you have to put up with that. Exactly. What we're trying to get you guys, get people to see, and also just to reiterate that with ourselves, is that when you see those signs, you need to understand that whatever decisions that you make are going to be a domino effect for the rest of your life. And that's not to say that you, we're not going to go through things, but I mean, who wants to willingly put themselves in a situation like that? And then also, if you, if, if you're looking you know, if you look at her post, she's becoming a mass manipulator as well. Yeah. You literally become what you surround yourself with. And people I've seen, I've literally seen my friends included, like friends, family, my mom, like I've seen it where they have been in abusive, abusive physical relationships. Yeah. And they have turned around and done the same exact thing to their children yeah. or to other people, to their friends, to their family. And it becomes this domino effect because we didn't recognize the signs earlier we didn't recognize that yes okay yes he's been through things he may have lost his dad he may have done all these other you know gone through all these other things Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you have to as well and that sounds so insensitive sometimes but it's like you're waiting around for somebody to change you're begging them to change all because of what love yeah is that really what it is or is it abandonment issues or is it something that's much deeper than the fact that you're just trying to be there for somebody who really can't even be there for themselves exactly what is the it factor like what is it figure out what it is and then heal that within yourself and you know that that addiction also to codependency um it's a completely different thing just needing that consistent validation needing that consistent being just there i've person just there family yeah. members friends who are not even in tune in any sense of the word to the person that lays every you know lays in their bed every night you just want a being there and to yeah. me when it gets to to that kind of level of desperation um you've put everything that you know to be as your life at risk as well Mm -hmm. as if you have offspring at risk as at risk because what you have nothing to lose at the at this point you know Mm -hmm. you're willing to risk it all just for a being to be there that's yeah that's extreme the idea of love is i feel like everybody a lot of people's excuse when it comes 
comes to, you know, the stuff that they endure. Like, I know I always use, like, other people's examples. And some people, like, some of my friends and family, they do listen to the podcast. But it's true. Like, another friend of mine, a different friend, she was telling me how her boyfriend was um, basically body shaming her and called her, like, a bitch all the time. And, you know, he's really speaking from the heart. Like, he's saying feels and she's just making excuses for why she's just like well he's gone through this he's had you know had verbal abuse with his family his parents and they're really what they gotta do with you exactly what and that's what i said to her i said that has nothing to do with you and he's like she was like in the end i figured out her real reasoning and the reason was because she said well no one's ever been there for me so i need to be there for him and i said to her when are you going to be there for you right where where i don't see the logic there i i I see it because I've been through it. Okay. Because for me, like growing up, I used to have abandonment issues. Used mm. to, I don't anymore, but when I did, um, I did because I lost my dad very mm-hmm. early on. My mom wasn't really in my life until after he passed away. And she was dealing with so much trauma herself that she inflicted all of that on me as her oldest child Mm -hmm. and so from there you know I was always looking for comfort in something and that meant having a lot of boyfriends having a lot of friends in and out of my life and never really being stable with any type of relationship and once one time the the very last situation that I was in before my current relationship it was very very toxic and I didn't I didn't understand that it was toxic in the moment Mm -hmm. I was 18 going on 19 and I talked about him on this platform before but basically I had tried to give him my all because from his little sob story he was telling me everything that he that somebody would tell you when they want you to feel for them when they're this is like mass manipulator mentality and at the moment I didn't realize it but I also did at the same time but I chose to ignore it to a certain but you know he wasn't doing for his kid and he had all these excuses as to why and I just wanted to be there so bad because every story that he was telling me was a sob story about how somebody was slamming the door in his face and I didn't understand why and I just wanted to be there for him so bad I was like you know I'm not going to do that to you I don't want to do that to you and at the end of the day he still broke my heart Mm -hmm. he still did things that somebody who claims that they care about you would never do right and it took me a very very long time to get over that because I felt like dang like nobody's ever been there for you and I was actually a person that I felt like I was being that you needed Mm -hmm. based on everything that you were telling me just like you were saying earlier we're so hell-bent on what people tell us instead of looking at the signs and seeing that everything is there and now as an adult I can look back and reflect and see everything that I should have seen to turn around and walk away. Hindsight is 2020. Honey, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. And it kicked me in my behind because you know, it was a lesson that I didn't feel like I needed to learn, but I did. Yeah. Because there are going to be situations like that in life where you are not going to be able to help everybody. Right. And I've learned that if that path is not clear, don't try to clear it right because it's not clear for a reason the resistance is there for a reason and i i had to learn that lesson early on to be where i am now and to be where i am going to be in 20 years 
in 30 years like there's always but you have to you have to recognize and accept it and move on I was heartbroken I sat in my car I remember one time I never did it again after that but I think about it I think about that girl who I was at that moment where I sat in my car after one of our terrible encounters and I just screamed and cried in the middle of a parking lot and it was raining so hard and I just screamed and cried and was banging on my steering wheel and I was just so angry with him and angry with myself for staying around and trying to mend his life thinking that that would fix mine yeah but in reality I didn't understand that I needed to show up more for myself than anybody else could, thinking that I'm going to receive something from him that I've been missing because I feel like I was giving him what I thought he was missing. Yeah, yeah. It's something, it's so hard to explain. Until that reverse you- karma. No, I, 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 I understand from like that uh, perception, almost like, almost like not having an addiction, but maybe it is having an addiction to help someone because helping them helps you in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, you think it does. Right. You right. It. You think it does. Exactly. And it's not to say that you shouldn't help people. What yeah. that is, is that that is to know when to set your boundaries. Exactly. You have to have boundaries. Like just because you have boundaries doesn't mean that your life has to be restricted to love and you're going to miss out. Like people okay. think that even, you know, with diet and exercise and just being disciplined with getting your classwork done, like people look at others and think, wow, you're so this and that uptight, whatever you want to call it, because they have this regimen and they feel like that's not truly living in freedom. When in reality, when you set, when you're able to set boundaries, when you're able to say no, yeah, that's when you have really reached the true potential of freedom. Yeah, you are free when you have when you have control over what you allow to happen to you. Yeah, some situations like you can't control. Right. you know, if somebody else decides to pull out in front of you when you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. But you have control over if you can stop your vehicle or, you know, just making sure that you have your seatbelt on, taking yeah. those proper precautions. And that's what I'm the point that I'm trying to make. And it took me learning that lesson to see. But for Danea, you know, I don't know if this is the lesson that she's learning, if she's lost in the message, mm-hmm. if, you know, she's just using religion as the totem pole of the issues that she has deeper that are going on you know like she talked about colorism on her on her page and how she kind of felt some kind of way when her daughter wasn't light-skinned or like her children weren't light-skinned and she gave a very thoughtful I won't say reasonable but thoughtful representation as to why she felt how she felt and I'm like you know those are things that you have to unpack you have to unpack the the issues that are going on with you before you try to mend somebody else's life you cannot mend anybody else's life exactly they can hear your suggestions but they have to motivate themselves they have to influence themselves and use you as an example but you they have to make that decision ultimately so all in all walk away that's what I've been trying to say you know I'm long-winded but uh yeah that's how I feel yeah I agree and like even just wrapping it up and like bringing it full circle to um the passing of DMX to the 
marriage um, that we were just having a conversation about and then also just addiction and you know knowing oneself it's important that you like you said know your boundaries set your boundaries but you can all you can only know your boundaries and set your boundaries when you know yourself and I know I keep saying know yourself and love yourself and it's not just oh a one script fits all everybody is going to journey different everybody's going to go through different things I'm not telling you when your breaking point is going to be, because I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know what the situation is going to bring you or what situation it it is that's going to bring you to um, a point that you learn certain situations or that you learn certain life lessons. I don't know what it is. What I am telling you is that in whatever you do, make sure that you come out of it with something. And that does not mean something physically, but something mentally and emotionally as well that you can use and apply and pay it forward you have that's really what it's about it's about paying it forward so although uh so so sad to say I do think that the passing of DMX just his life here you know even with his addiction he was able to still pay um who he was as a as a person forward and maybe you know I I saw somebody tweet that basically he was the reason why she forgave her father who had an addiction as well to a substance and it's really those moments um you know where you find your rhyme and your reason in the situation with the marriage yes it's public yes it's embarrassing yes it's humiliating now you need to figure out what you need to do for you and hopefully you standing up for yourself you standing up for your children will again um, be a testimony for somebody else to be like, oh my gosh, well, if she can do it, I can do it too, you know? And so it's, it's just, it's one of those things where life is teaching life and it's, it's an entire cycle. Um, and hopefully the comment that she did make about colorism doesn't strike too hard with her children because just her making that statement has continued another cycle. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is the big takeaway is that you have to make sure that you get something out of every experience in this life and make sure that whatever it is, it's paying it forward so that you're making this place a better place. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I think that was, that was a great conversation. It's definitely needed for us. You know, we always come with the truth. We're always, speaking um on real life issues so i hope that you guys received the message that you were intended to receive today stay blessed um take care of yourselves and take care of your family yeah you can follow us on all social media uh platforms you can follow us on facebook instagram at space time and energy podcast and uh, if you want to reach out to us you have any comments questions anything you can email us at space time and energy podcast at gmail.com we love you guys guys so much for listening as usual um and yeah we will see you next episode this is episode four so thank you all for listening again we really do appreciate it and remember go forth in your day in your week dominating your space cherishing your time and protecting your energy we love you we love you we love you stay tuned